0: on BYU Sports Nation. You get a win, and you get a win, and everyone gets a win. What a weekend, including a record-setting performance by BYU football.
1: The men's cross-country team brings home a national championship. The trophy, Ed stone and some of the runners will be in studio.
0: Plus, aloha, BYU basketball. Do the Cougars' NCAA at-large hopes ride on tonight's game in Maui? Drama. Let's go.
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store simulcast on BYU TV and BYU radio now from Studio B
1: here's Spencer Linton and
0: Jerem Jordan BYU Sports Nation is live your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere Monday November 25th winning is amazing isn't it Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who hasn't been this happy since he finished 55th in the cross-country state championship race, Jerem Jordan.
1: I felt good about that because I refused to go to practice because I just didn't want to run for fun. That's I a winning to run, mentality. I, would, I wanted to run to compete. I didn't want to run for any other reason, right? Uh, no, what a weekend for BYU Sports. Oh, my gosh. We'll address it and everything in it. Uh, we're going to talk to the national champs from the men's cross-country team, women's cross-country taking seventh or second, and so on and so forth. We're going to get to all of it, in fact, uh, in like 30 seconds, so let's just go.
0: Uh, yes, as Jared mentioned in today's show lineup, Ed Eyestone, the head coach of the national champions of cross-country on the men's side in Studio B, and... I mean, just what an unbelievable performance. They almost swept it. The women finished second. They almost swept both national championships. It was
1: really close for the women, too. Second was, like, I think if the fourth and fifth runners have been one second faster, they would have won the national title as well in the women's. So close. Second, I'm happy with second, though. I'm, I really am with the women.
0: They were uh, awesome. They exceeded expectations and then some.
1: When I hear that stat, though, I can start to get a little gritty.
0: My one-on-one interviews from Amherst, Massachusetts with BYU quarterback Zach Wilson. Is he fully back? Is he 100%? How does his thumb feel? What'd you think of his performance? And Jackson McChesney with an all-time performance wild as a running back against the lowly Minutemen. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yes, BYU football dominates UMass 56-24 on Saturday. The Cougars scored 42 points in the second quarter. A program record best for any quarter. Zach Wilson, 17 for 20, 293 yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions. His running back buddy, Jackson McChesney, yeah, had a huge day.
1: The straight stretch handoff to McChesney. Good burst by Jackson to the second level. He's bouncing off tacklers to the 30, to the 20. He'll take it to the house. 10-5 touchdown, Jackson
0: McChesney action jackson 15 carries 228 yards two touchdowns which brings us to our stat of the day
2: it's the byu
3: sports nation stat of the day
0: jackson mcchesney's 228 rushing yards are the sixth most all-time by any byu player in a single game
1: that's well, unbelievable welcome to the show son And this is his red shirt year by the way and second game ever he's I not am.
0: far removed from a mission trip
1: Yeah, he's he's still got that, like, mission accent, too. You'll hear it later. I love it.
0: (laughs) BYU will now play for a sixth consecutive win riding this momentum on Saturday in San Diego against Old whack and Mountain West foe San Diego State. Game kicks at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, whether Rocky Long likes it or not.
1: The BYU men's cross-country team won its first national title, as mentioned Saturday. Sophomore Connor Mance took third overall, had five runners, uh, BYU had five runners in the top 45. Ed stone becomes the first person in NCAA men's cross-country history to win an individual title and to coach a team to one as well. We'll chat with him later in the program. It's BYU's first team national title since men's volleyball in 2004. And the women's team took second, the third top 10 finish in four years with Diljeet Taylor as the coach.
0: That's how you get a raise. She just got one recently, didn't she? I know, yeah. Number two seed in fourth-ranked BYU women's soccer advancing to the Elite Eight for the third time ever after shutting out NC State 3-0 on Saturday. Ball sent through. Cameron Tucker with an opportunity to score. Berlin comes up with it, bounces off, and Cameron Tucker regains possession and goes far post. Cameron Tucker
2: puts BYU on top 3-0 with her second goal of the evening.
0: Yes, the brace for Cameron Tucker. Her teammate Josie Gwynn added another, which means the Cougars have outscored their tournament competition 12-1 to in three games. BYU has a goal differential of plus 70. Plus 70.
1: Not even yep. good enough for our stat of the day. <laughs> if it was 71, maybe.
0: Goalie Sabrina Davis, tighter season high with seven saves in the game, resulting in BYU's 14th shutout of the season. Up next, a showdown with number one seed and powerhouse Stanford this Friday. The two best offensive teams in the country. Let's go. Ready to line it up.
1: It'll be 7-5 to five final. Tonight, the men's basketball team begins three games in three days at the Maui Invitational. First up, UCLA, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. BYU Radio pregame an hour before that. Bruins lead the series 12-11. I didn't realize it was so close to UCLA. Crazy. The last time these two played was in December of 2010 when UCLA won by seven. The game is a pick by most sources.
0: Okay, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're
2: talking about it, and so are we.
0: It's What's Trending, a BYU sports nation. A 32-point victory for BYU all the way across the country in Amherst, Massachusetts, in front of an announced 8,200 fans and change. Not a huge crowd, but... Those that showed mm-hmm. up saw a record-setting performance from BYU. Six touchdowns, 42 points in the second quarter. The Cougars should have led 52-0 at the break had it not been for a missed field goal by Jake Oldroyd.
1: What happened to Jake Oldroyd, by the way? It's, it's rough right now. Anyways, there was a lot of good Saturday. Yes. That wasn't one of them.
0: There was a lot of good. My yeah. question is, did BYU accomplish everything you wanted them to by dominating UMass?
1: No, they didn't cover. I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. Yeah, no, it didn't cover. <laughs> no, it cost no, me. No. It cost me. It cost you a going for two pick. No, sure. Uh, 24 points allowed feels like a little high to UMass. Blah, blah, blah. BYU won by 32. Um, BYU played the third and fourth and, eighth and ninth stringers. It, you were, I think you were even asked to go into the game at one point, and you said, I don't have eligibility, to Kalani. I can't go in.
0: <laughs> you will forfeit if you put me in <laughs> Yeah, the game.
1: wait a minute. Uh, the discovery of Jackson McChesney was awesome. Okay, Six-month rushing yards in a single game in BYU history, 228. Are you kidding me? the freshman record, uh, the second quarter. BYU did what it was supposed to do. If BYU played like it did in the 80s, the Cougars would have scored 90 points in this game. Yes. They, they would have set a program record, blah, blah, blah. It's all good. Tyler Algier back at running back looked pretty good, by the way. Mm-hmm. i want to throw that in there. Um, and and that'll be a storyline this week is, okay, who are the running backs besides Lopini Katoa? Can Emmanuel Supa come back? Um, and, and is he okay? San Diego State has a legit top 10 defense. They are... Top 10 in rushing, scoring, and total defense in the country. They haven't played anybody, but they've been really good. So this was all preparing for San Diego State. And I think BYU did everything they were supposed to do. Should it have been a wider margin? I don't really care.
0: Yeah, for the most part, I think that BYU accomplished what it intended to do. The first teams looked very sharp. Again, 42 points in the second quarter. And that was a
1: BYU record, right?
0: It was 7 to nothing after the first quarter.
1: And BYU punted on a 3-and-out taking a sack, and I thought, Wait, what? <laughs> and then it was six touchdown drives in a row.
0: 85% completion percentage from Zach Wilson, a top six rushing performance all time. These are the types of things that should happen against a historically bad UMass team. We expected BYU to crush them, and they did. Had BYU left the first and second teams in, they might have set a new program record for most points scored. I think it's 83 against UTEP with Jim McMahon in the 1980. BYU might have surpassed that. It really, it should have been 52-zip at the break. Jake Oldward's not going to miss that field goal again, a short one. But do you believe me now that UMass is a sophomore team, Jerem?
1: No, they're the freshman team.
0: Oh, they're the freshman team. They were worse. freshman They
1: were the sophomore team would at least oh show up in the first goodness. Time. That was pathetic.
0: You know what, though? The third and fourth string guys that saw action, they gave up those 24 points, as you brought up to the Minuteman, and that left something to be desired, which is why Kalani Satake after the game said, yeah, I'm a little disappointed that – They didn't look very sharp. Like, 24 points is too many. Too many. Like, there was a big run at the end of the game. BYU can't do that. Even the third and fourth stringers, you you should not do that um, and get outscored 24-7 in the second half. So that was a little bit frustrating for the coaches. And I probably am bothered by it because it cost me an and one pick. Or, uh, sorry, going for two pick. But whatever. whatever. For the most part, yeah, BYU accomplished some really good things.
1: Good stuff, man. Beating UMass. Compelling and rich. Beat UMass! Yeah, BYU did it. They did it. Uh, No one was asking that question. Five straight wins. Topic two, do you like a dramatic question? Prepare yourself for this one. The men's basketball team plays UCLA tonight, but do the Cougars' at-large chances
0: hinge on beating the Bruins? (sighs) It comes down to November 25th. Oh, my goodness. This is so dramatic. I know that BYU beating UCLA means the Cougars get to play a top-five team in the country, Kansas, and it would be very exciting. And it looks great on the resume because BYU is now 4-2 with wins over Houston and UCLA, and they're going to, regardless of what happens against Kansas, it's going to help their resume. But it's so dramatic. It's way too early. BYU has at least four more quad one opportunities after Maui, regardless of what happens on the islands. Gonzaga twice. St. Mary's on the road, and uh, Utah State on a neutral court. Like, not to mention what happens in the West Coast Conference Tournament. They'll have plenty of more opportunities to make a statement win. This is like running a marathon with the idea that BYU's chances of getting into the tournament right on beating UCLA is, is comparable to, well, if you don't win the first two miles of the marathon, then you're not going to finish in the top 50. That's ridiculous thinking. It's, it's just way too early. It's way too long of a competition to determine... Right now, if BYU doesn't beat UCLA, they're not getting into the tournament.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's no. UCLA's not that good either. Uh, UCLA's uh, 104 in Ken Palm. It's not like this would even be a top 100 win in Ken Palm. We'll see at the end of the year. Net rankings, UCLA finished 114 last year. That means in this situation, on a neutral court, based on last year's result, this would have been a quad three game. This doesn't even matter. Like, if BYU loses, it may matter, but I'm not convinced yet that BYU is going to be on the bubble on Selection Sunday. I just think it's going to be too hard. I think BYU's best shot is to improve and get better— but I want BYU to win, right, and and have an opportunity at Kansas. Just an opportunity. So that's one a, basketball game is different than one football it's
0: game. It's more about getting the opportunity against Kansas yeah. than it is beating UCLA head-to-head.
1: Yeah. UCLA is fun. Shaq's son, Sharif, plays for them. They have a dude named Prince Ali. I mean, this is sweet. Bill Walton's on the call. I'm stoked. Oh, yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm stoked. By the way, BYU is 50 in BPI. UCLA is 134. BYU should win this game. Let's go.
0: I had this thought pop into my mind on my five and a half hour flight home from Boston last night. Would I rather BYU lose to UCLA tonight and then pick up two more wins against Chaminade and then whoever else? No,
1: because Shamanad's game is worthless.
0: Or beat UCLA and then lose to Kansas and lose to somebody else and the, go one and two. The third
1: game is going to be better if you win against UCLA. The third game. Like if BYU beats Kansas, amazing. Chances are they don't you get a better game because you're in the winner's bracket based off not losing the first Yeah, one. because five so, years ago, BYU always, lost
0: to San Diego State, beat Chaminade, and then lost to Purdue.
1: Yeah, I think it was Purdue first and then San Diego State or something like that. Okay. Right? But the point is, you want to, you know, no, does BYU want to beat UCLA? Yes. And yeah. then, then you play Kansas. Then you have, just, then you just have a get, shot just Kansas. Just give it a shot. What if BYU makes like 12 threes? goes crazy, right? I don't know.
0: All right, on to Saturday as a whole. Which was incredible. So Cross good. Cross-country wins a national championship. First national championship in men's history. The women finish second. BYU women's soccer clinches their spot in the Elite Eight. BYU women's volleyball is a top-16 team. They win on, on uh, senior day. BYU football scores 42 points in the second quarter. Men's soccer won men's the national club, national championship, club by the championship, by the way. Again.
1: Beating the Ohio State. They were just... Ohio State on Saturday.
0: Okay, serious question. Was Saturday the single greatest day in BYU athletics since BYU football went independent essentially a decade ago?
1: Well, on December 19th, 2012, no, of course it was. Yes, it was awesome. Yes, of course. Two national championships. Are you kidding me? Elite Eight, winning, uh, dominating all over the place. Yes, this was a great day. This was so fun. Everybody did well, and some teams did really well. So this was awesome. It was a great day to be a Cougar. But every day is a great day to be a Cougar Spence. But Saturday was especially a great
0: day. Yeah, BYU's had some really fun days. I can recall a few times when we've sat on this desk and be like, oh, that was the most amazing weekend ever. But we didn't but, write down the dates. But BYU has never won a national championship in any sport since Tom Holmo has been the athletic director.
1: Right, not counting
0: the clubs. Since 2005. Sorry, in sanctioned a sanctioned sport. NCAA sport, Rugby's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. BYU won their first national championship in the homo regime as athletic director that that alone sets this day apart and then yeah throw in another club national championship and BYU women's soccer for just the third time ever into the elite eight and in dominating fashion
1: yeah it was awesome man
0: incredible stuff
1: Jackson McChesney adds to the lore of the day right with 228 we're gonna remember that for a long time but uh, luckily for the men's cross country team, it was like sunny, warm, dry, ideal conditions for those. Guys. Oh my gosh, it looked so miserable.
0: Remember, remember they, the
1: twenty third of November. And they pounded through for a national title. Right, it was so fun. And guess what? There were three thousand fans at the volleyball match. There were three thousand plus at the soccer. There were three
0: thousand fans at the football game in Massachusetts. <laughs> How many were announced? Eight thousand two
1: hundred. No way there were 8,000,
0: right? There was no way. No were there way. 800? Well, there were probably, I'd guess there were probably five or 6,000.
1: There were more along yeah. the lines in Terre Haute supporting BYU. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that was awesome. Uh, was still, it, the, it was majo- just,
0: the majority were BYU fans, though. And
1: Cougar Nation was spread out but showed up, right? They always do. Oh, yeah. Man, how does BYU travel so well? Because uh, they live <laughs> nearby and then they just go there? Yeah, BYU does travel well, but oh my gosh. What a, what a great day. To, uh, to witness BYU Athletics flex its muscles. And we know that BYU's athletic department is excellent. I wish that a Power 5 league would acknowledge it and invite BYU. But, uh, man, the BYU Athletic Department, on point, women's side, men's side, everybody's showing up.
0: Where are the Learfield Cup standings going to place BYU after the fall sports season?
1: Oh, typically BYU's in the top 25. It I, was num-
0: they were number five last year, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, when all is said and done, this may be the year of years because BYU got a natty and a second place finish
0: in cross country. And then who knows what women's soccer is going to do? And women's I mean, volleyball's at least, capable of at least
1: top eight. beating anybody. Like, who knows? Going to Sweet 16 yeah. is the expectation.
0: What was your favorite... BYU Sports Moment of the Weekend. That is our question of the day. Let's go to Voice of the Nation.
3: This is the Voice of the Nation
0: on BYU Sports Nation. At checks underscore over underscore stripes, 59 answers on Instagram. Seeing all my Cougs dominate, but for sure the women's soccer team (laughs) putting the wood to NC State. At Sabrina Davis is the new wall of the Wasatch. Hashtag BYUSN.
1: That is season-high seven saves. She was amazing. And it, it was cold, man. It was cold. Take that him was... out behind the woodshed. Yeah, exactly.
0: Coming up, the <laughs> champs are here. We celebrate a national championship. There it is. The trophy is in Studio B. And so are some, some of the guys that got it. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Today following BYU Sports Nation, join Spencer on the season finale of Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV with Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb as the Cougars prepare for San Diego State. That's at the top of the hour right after us on BYU TV.
0: Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you're watching on BYU have. TV, you may have noticed that we have some new hardware in Studio B, a Division One National Championship trophy. At least for the moment. For the first time ever, has graced the desk in Studio B. This
1: is nice. This is really nice.
0: And joining us now to celebrate this trophy and an incredible performance in Terre Haute, Indiana, is the head coach of BYU cross-country track and field, Ed Stone, and members of his team, Connor Mance, Jacob Hessington, and Brandon Garnica. Yeah, Welcome, gentlemen. Nice congratulations. Congratulations. We've
2: got new hats, too.
1: we got new Those hats. Those are nice, too. They're not as <laughs> nice as this, but they're really nice. What was the whole experience
2: like? And let's start with you, Ed. Well, it was just really the culmination of 20 years of hard work and... Uh, uh, these guys really brought it brought it together, and it was a really fun day. There were some incredible conditions that they had to uh, uh, battle through, and uh, and we weren't the favorites. We weren't, you know, we were ranked third going in. I think that was kind of to our favor, uh, but we knew we had a chance. Our our theme all year long has been naivete be dumb enough to believe that it's possible. <laughs> and, the, and, the, <laughs> and the guys rose up, and we got it done.
0: That's the quote of the day. Be dumb, dumb enough to believe that it could actually happen. No, I love it so much. Uh, you mentioned the conditions that your team had to run through, and, and Brandon, I'd like you to comment on this. How how were the conditions in Terre Haute? Because it looked like a muddy mess.
4: Um, it was wet. I, honestly, I felt like I was being waterboarded. Not that I've ever been waterboarded, but there was just water being picked up, mud in my face. It was it was. Really gritty. Were, were, you, I mean, were
1: you freezing? Were you, like, did, uh, could you feel it when you're running? Did you forget <laughs> that part?
4: Yeah, my face was pretty frozen, and it was really loud, and all I can think about was I got to run fast, but it was super cold.
0: With us in BYU Sports Nation is Ed Stone and members of his national championship BYU cross-country team. Coach, you're the first person to ever win an individual NCAA championship running and now coach a team. What does that accomplishment mean to you?
2: Well, it's kind of fun to think about. But, I mean, it's a pretty small pool of guys who have won the thing and, and that are coaching. But, but yeah, no, it's fun. And, you know what, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm still that 23-year-old who won the national championship back in 84. Um, so um, I try to just kind of uh, make sure that these guys are having the same sort of quality experience I had back however many, 35 years ago with Coach James. And uh, so it's been, it's been really fun, really rewarding. Connor, you take third
1: in the in the race. What was that experience like for you? Finishing in the top three,
4: it was great. Um, honestly, the the race was so tough, and it got to a point where it was like, "Is this like, yeah, I don't know even what was going on." I just knew it was hurting a lot, and that the the weather was horrible, and there was no good there was no good surface to run on. Everywhere was an inch deep of mud, and um, I just remember passing a couple people, and they're like, "Come on, like everyone you beat is going to be." is going to help you team out that much more and I kept using that as motivation that even though I wasn't having I didn't feel like I was having my best day I was still able to go out there and compete with you know, some of the best guys in the country.
1: You didn't feel like you had your best day and you took third in the country?
4: Uh, <laughs> I was hoping to win the thing. so
2: <laughs> That's why he's so good.
1: Okay, so you cross. At what point do you realize as, as guys, uh, your teammates, two of these in studio here, uh, cross that, oh, we got a shot at this. We're going to win the national championship. Walk me through that. Okay,
4: so after I crossed, I was exhausted as could be. I had like... My my thoughts, my brain was probably like turned off. I, Understandably, I no yeah. So I, I I walked about twenty steps and uh just kind of laid down, like I fell down on in the ground in the mud and was just kind of laying there for a bit by yourself. By myself, like there's supposed to be officials to pick you up, but nobody did anything. I was just the laying heck? there watching the finish, like just drenched in mud, and then I'm like looking up and. I, I'm like seeing people finish, and I'm like, I have no idea how we're doing because it's so deceptive when you just have tons of people finishing. And uh, my teammate Danny Carney picks me up after I don't know how long I was there. It felt felt like a, like like two seconds, but it might have been a couple minutes. <laughs> um, he picks me. He just kind of like grabs me and I get up. He's like, you want to sit down? I'm like, no, nah, I'm I'm good. And then we just start walking and then. Uh, Jake over here comes up to me and he's like, I think we won. Wow. And uh, and then I think the I think portion of this kind of was like, oh no, like, I don't want to get my hopes up high and then have it be like... because
1: it's unofficial. Yeah, yeah, because it's unofficial. It's
4: like, I don't want to be like, oh, we want to get my hopes up and start cheering and then all of a sudden hear, oh, just getting you lost. They, They miscounted, like a Colorado guy didn't get counted or like an NAU guy didn't get counted. And so I like... Just waited, and then I, more and more people are like, no, like you guys dominated. And it was just like, it was unreal. It was a super surreal experience.
0: Fantastic. Let's dig into that moment with Jacob a little bit more. Jacob, when, when and why did you think, hey, I, I think we won this? How, how did you find out? How did you come to that realization that you were probably going to win the national championship?
5: Um, just they score five in a cross-country meet. And looking back, I when I had a chance to turn around, I saw Brandon and then Matt Owens, uh, was our fifth guy. I saw them in the little finishing area, and I didn't see five from any other team. So that was the best. my best guess is we have five in before any other team. does. <laughs> that was get. a good
1: guess. And you guys, I, the last two or three years, right, it had gone up a notch where I was like, okay, we could do this. We're kind of a dark horse coming into this. What was the mentality, Ed, going into this one where, okay,
2: we have the team to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, well, you make a good point. We were uh, third two years ago, second last year. And then I think this year, you know, we didn't really worry so much about NAU or so much about Colorado, even though they beat us at the regional at regional we were just kind of coasting through trying to save save some juice for <laughs> for the the national championships so we were more focused on doing our own job win the race that you are in if you win the race that you are in meaning if Matt's can battle in and be in the top 5 and if if uh, you know Jake can battle for top 15 and Danny in the top 15 and Garnica in the top 40 if you win that battle if you win your race then the rest is going to take care of itself and it ended up uh, we thought it was going to be really close we knew we had a chance NAU was a heavy favorite uh, we were ranked third going in um, but we knew we had a chance and uh, at the end of the day it wasn't even close
1: and and it, yeah it was dominating yeah, which was yeah. awesome
2: and Jacob uh, tell me about this
1: because it's one thing for Connor to be in third right boom major points right but everyone matters those first five matters so when you're neck and neck with some guys what's the mentality knowing okay I can score and help this team win
5: Um. There was some looking around Uh, for a lot of the race. It spread out really quick, not like a typical cross-country national meet. And so I was just kind of looking around. I passed some guys from NAU in Colorado. and, uh, And then my teammate Danny Carney came up on my shoulder a little bit later in the race. And we were able to push together and pass some people. And then I think we just realized that we were our second and third guys. And we were in front of NAU's first guy. Uh, And so that just kind of was a motivator and maybe helped us to relax a little bit more so that we could uh, run well. How cold was it? I mean, what's the
0: recovery like as well after running a race like that?
2: Well, I mean, it, it was cold enough that after we did the uh, the post-race interviews and everything standing around there, uh, we actually had some signs of uh, of maybe hypothermia going on. I mean, wow. Connor, wow. Connor was shaking. I mean, we, we had to get him to the medical tent, and get him wrapped up in a blanket. And, I mean, when these guys bo- percent body fat is, you know, south of, uh, you know, 7%, <laughs> then uh, your ability to withstand the the cold once you're done running is is not great. And everyone was just totally uh, drenched in this cold cold driving rain and and uh but the, you know they recovered quickly once we realized that we had, had won the thing finally yeah and uh and i'm just super proud for for all the men
0: can and we can we find a better place than Terre Haute, indiana for <laughs> well, run the it it championship
2: tra- it's tradition but it's tough in late november right yeah yeah well and, and our women's program did so well too i think that was part of our success for the day because we were able to watch them run beforehand see them battle have the their best race of the year and come within six points of winning, you get in second place, and we said, "Okay, man, we got next. Let's go do it." And I mean, you can see—I mean, the rain is just coming down. What a great finish and look by at the way, the, women the of, yeah, three coming yeah, together, yeah, five, six, seven—that was
1: unbelievable, that was unbelievable.
2: And then Connor did a nice job pipping this guy from Virginia Tech right at the line for third place too. You love that—that's big time, right? <laughs> Top three—that's awesome. Um, th- now, my understanding is—and and by the way, Terre
1: Haute's got to be the spot—that's where they won the national title. Every time yeah, we don't mind, we don't, we don't, we don't spot, care. Right? Yeah, let's That's go back to the our happy year.
0: place. now. So my
1: understanding is Matt Owens took fifth on the team, yes. scores
2: 45th overall. He had not run a 10K. First 10K he's ever run. <laughs> and he yet. took 45th? You no, know, we were saving it. We were saving it. <laughs> that's <laughs> unbelievable. He's a steeple guy, which is 3,000 meters, and he's a little bigger. Yeah. He, he can run a good uh, mile for us as well. And so that's one reason why we kept him out. We kept Garnica uh, out last week at the regional meet, and they came back. And uh, and they were the difference, really. You're 4-5. You win yes. or lose championships with your 4-5, and they came through for us. So important, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now,
0: once you got warmed up, and, and I'm going to go back to you, Brandon. What, what was the celebration like with the women's team and everybody all around? Like, Walk us through the emotions and, and what you did and, and how you celebrated while you were out there.
4: Um, we were all pretty excited. We went back to the tent, and the first thing I think a lot of us did was sit in front of the heater that they had provided for us <laughs> and get ourselves warm and eat some food, and then it was kind of just, we did it, and so we took some pictures, and we enjoyed the moment, and we're still enjoying it right now. We're letting it soak in, and um, I think we're still celebrating it today and so connor
1: this is such a validating moment for the program too because you guys have been in the top three you've had the the link letters and the wards and and ed of of course winning individually but what does this mean to you and the team to bring home the first national championship for men's cross country
4: it, this means everything honestly that the team is you know we've been so close and so good for so long that it's like Every year, it just kind of is like, we want it, we want it, we want it. And then not being like, I mean, two years ago, we were third, and it was a very, it was a really hard to swallow third. Last year, we went, we played the race very conservative, because we didn't want to blow up, and that led to a second place finish. And, like, we we weren't very close at all to that, to winning it last year. But then, uh, this year, it was just like, all right, like, swing for the fences, we have you know, it's going to be such a hard day. It's going to be a terrible day as far as, like, the weather was going to be. And we were just like, all right, go out there, grind, and, uh, you know, it's going to suck. But it's going to suck less maybe for us if we
1: win the thing. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice to meet NAU as well. Oh, absolutely. A there. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yes. Jacob, uh, explain the rivalry with Northern Arizona. And I saw some uh, trash talk Tuesday or whatever you guys were doing on social media, which is really fun. What's, what's the rivalry like with Northern Arizona?
5: Um, I try to stay out of, uh, uh, stay out of the social media <laughs> as much as I can. Um, but the when it comes to racing, it's just they have the target on their backs, and that's really what we've been uh, shooting for for the last three years. I think this year we did a better job at not thinking of it as a rivalry, just thinking of it as we're going to go out there and we're going to run our best race. But, yeah, the last three years it's just been – Uh, them and us going at it and uh, it's it's really rewarding to finally be on top of that rivalry and to uh, yeah to have the title yeah Yeah. oh well deserved congratulations and in
2: their in NAU's defense it's really not a rivalry until you beat them at the biggest championship there is. So now I think before now, I don't know that it was a true rivalry. I mean, we were always the team, the little, the little pesky team that was nipping at their heels, but we finally beat. We took down Goliath this year, and so I think there's now a true rivalry, and we have the utmost respect for those guys. They train hard. We know what we do. I mean, our sport is hard enough mm. uh, to know, and uh, I mean, when you're out running 100 to 120 miles a week, you have deep respect for everybody out there. So it's a, it's a nice rivalry.
0: Coach, we'll finish with this. What's more gratifying... Winning as a coach or winning as an
2: individual—no <laughs> contest. Winning as a coach. I mean to see the joy in these guys' faces. Uh, you know, running's a, a fairly hedonistic thing, and when you win it as an individual, it's great. Uh, but when you win it as a coach, and you can see the joy in the faces of their parents and themselves, and and really all the guys that I've had a privilege of coaching over the last twenty years, I had 150 texts on a Saturday night. Most of com- most coming from guys who have been part of the program, and. Uh, basically, my response was these guys were standing on the, uh, on the shoulders of you guys and all the work that you 'd done mm. in the past, so it was it 's a great moment that way.
1: They were all a part of it as well, yeah, pretty cool yep, awesome. well, congratulations, yes. guys. This Thanks, is big guys. time. This Absolutely. is big time. The first national title in 15 years of BYU for anybody. Oh, yeah, that's cool. And first under Tom Homeless athletic director, yeah. by the way, so awesome.
2: I think we're going to get a couple more though this year. Let's keep it going. As, Let's as go. Well, as well as soccer's going and everything, and and uh, we hope to bring another one of these back next year. Yeah, okay, awesome,
0: fantastic. Watch and we've never away.
2: had four guests on
1: the set, by the way. You have to win a national championship <laughs> to get four. Big time. And we wanted to Big accommodate. Time. So thanks for coming in, all of you, and congratulations. Yeah. Now, Connor and Ed That's have signed awesome. the
0: flag, but we need uh, oh, Jacob and Brandon to sign the flag. So on Absolutely. Your way out. Ink the Sailor Kook flag with that national championship signature. Oh, I love it so much.
1: Thanks, guys. Okay. Congratulations Thank again. Thanks for coming on. Okay, coming up, Heather Olmstead on the Cougars senior night finale in women's volleyball versus Pepperdine tomorrow and the pending NCAA tournament.
0: And why BYU running back Jackson McChesney said he wasn't sure if Saturday was a real thing. That one-on-one interview coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Oh, it was real and it was spectacular. The season finale of BYU football with Kalani Satake is tomorrow night on BYU TV, 830 Eastern, 530 Pacific. Reserve your seats on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show as we recap the UMass game, preview San Diego State, and show you a brand new deep blue feature.
0: We just had a national championship trophy in the house for the first time since the inception of BYU Sports Nation.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's about time. Well, we've had the rugby women's national championship trophy. We've had the men's, I think.
0: But not a, a sanctioned, sanctioned
1: sport. Division they're, one. They're National all sanctioned to us.
0: Incredible. They're all stuff. sanctioned. Hey, it's it's great. Yeah. First time in 15 years. Pretty and awesome. That leads us to the whip.
1: It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Cougar Football. Cougars beat UMass 56-24 Saturday. 228 rushing yards from freshman Jackson Mcchesney, the sixth most in BYU history. Zacharias Wilson went 17 of 20, 293, four touchdowns. Cougars play at San Diego State Saturday night in the regular season finale. Cross country.
0: BYU men's cross country. Three of the members of the team and the head coach Ed Ison just joined us. Download the podcast if you want to hear that interview. They won a national title on Saturday. Sophomore Connor Mance finishing third overall. Five runners in the top 45. It was a dominating performance. Ed Stone, the first person in NCAA history, men's cross country to win an individual title and coach a team to one. Unreal stuff. The women were six points away from sweeping things for BYU. Their third top ten finish in four years with Diljia Taylor as the coach.
1: Soccer. Two seed, BYU beats NC State 3-0. To advance to the Elite Eight for the third time in program history. A brace from Cameron Tucker, her 11th and 12th goals of the season. Josie Gwynn's second goal of the year. I talked to her after the uh, match. She said, that BYU is in Karma's real. I said, yes, it is. Uh, Sabrina Davis tied a season-high seven saves. The Cougars play at one seed Stanford Friday, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, on BYU Radio, 107.9 FM. BYU trying to get to the final
3: four for the first time. Come on. Men's basketball.
0: BYU men's basketball opens a three games in three days stretch at the Maui Invitational. They will take on UCLA. 11:30 Eastern, 8:30 Pacific on ESPN2 and BYU Radio pregame an hour before the game. The Bruins lead the overall series 12-11. These two teams haven't played since December of 2010. UCLA won that game by 7. This is pretty much a coin flip of a game. Volleyball
1: Number 13, BYU beat Gonzaga in four sets, led by McKenna Miller's 18 kills, hit 4-19. Mary Lake's 18 digs and two aces. There was a moment where the crowd stood up and cheered Mary Lake. It wasn't BYU, it was Mary Lake. It was incredible. BYU is 24-4 and hosts Pepperdine tomorrow night in the regular season finale on ESPNU, which, by the way, Paul Sunderland and Karch Cry on the call. Not bad. Two legends, right? Head coach Heather Olmsted will join us in the next segment. Swimming and diving.
0: On the final day of the Mizzou invite, Josue Dominguez breaks the 21-year record for the 200-yard breaststroke with a time of 1 minute, 55 seconds, 97 hundreds. The longest standing record in program history oh, wow. is no more. Nice
1: Cougars in the NFL. Taki Takitaki had two tackles in a Browns 41-24 win over the Dolphins. Taysom Hill had one catch for as many yards as I did in a 34-31 Saints win over the Panthers. And Harvey Long had a tackle in a Jets 34 34- three win over the
0: Raiders. Ziggy Ansah had four tackles, one and a half tackles for loss and one and a half sacks and a forced fumble and a 17-9 Seahawks win over the Eagles. Kyle Noy five tackles and a tackle for loss and a 13-9 Patriots win over the Cowboys. Jamal Williams, 11 carries, 45 yards, seven catches, 35 yards in a Packers loss to San Francisco and Fred Warner who had 11 tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss and a forced fumble. Woo! He's doing Pro Bowl things. In a crushing 49ers win over Green Bay.
1: I love it, but I hate it because the Niners are so good. Seahawks might not win the division with two losses. Soccer. BYU beats Ohio State 3-1 to become the NURSA Club National Champions. to the 3-1 win over the Buckeyes. BYU won two of the three Club National Championships since returning to the club scene in 2017. Two natties on Saturday.
0: Domination. Following BYU football's dominant performance over UMass on Saturday, 56-24 in Amherst, I had the chance to speak with a top-six rusher all-time in terms of an individual game, Jackson McChesney, and he wasn't really sure that it was reality, but it was very real, and his 228 yards propelled BYU to a dominant victory. Here is my one-on-one interview from the BYU-TV post-game, Jackson McChesney. Jackson, you run for 224 yards today, the first 200-plus rusher for BYU since Squally Canada did it in 2017. Uh, why was it so successful the rushing attack with you specifically today? I've,
3: I don't know I don't know what was happening. I'm still trying to figure out if this is real or not. You know I'm just getting back and trying to get back into things, but, but last game, you know, I did all right. My coach fixed up a couple little things, like how I'm running the ball, and, and the line opened up the holes and it happened to be open. I happened to be the one in the game at the time.
0: You see your comrade Sione Finau go down with a season-ending injury, knowing that you and now Tyler Algieri need to step up. How do you handle the pressure of coming back east, knowing that you're supposed to beat this team, but then still coming out and executing at a high level? You know, seeing Sione go down is
3: really hard especially since I've experienced with my older brother going down for the same injury. And so it's just kind of hard. It brought a little bit of passion to me to be able to play even harder for someone that that couldn't be here at this time.
0: You're not that far removed from a two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Do you feel like you're all the way back 100%?
3: I don't feel like I'm quite 100%, as you can see, getting ran down
0: a couple times. But I feel like I'm getting closer. What did BYU's offense learn today that will help you against San Diego State next week? Um, That we can run the ball. That our
3: guys up front are getting a good push. And when they're pushing the guys four or five yards down the line, it's really easy to get 10, 15.
0: Seven to nothing after the first quarter, and then it's 49 to nothing at halftime, a record 42 points in the second quarter. How does an offense string that together after somewhat of a slow start in the first quarter?
3: You know, we knew it was coming, we were just waiting for it to hit. And so finally hit, and, and we took off. What did you see from your quarterback, Zach Wilson, today that makes you think that he's getting back to his usual self? Uh, he's just always doing what he does. You know, he's always making plays, throwing that D ball, completing passes. And that's what he does. Would you still be a sprint
0: champion if you ran a race today?
3: I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so, but I'll make sure I get it
0: back. Congratulations on 224 yards and another big win. Thank you. All right, now let me clarify. I was told 224 oh, at bad the info. moment. Come on, and then it was changed to 228 yards. But he still got that mission accident. Oh, I love man. it. I He's love it. So fresh. He went
1: to Chili. He's come so back a couple months ago. I
0: don't <laughs> know if this is
1: real. I'm just happy to be here. I wish he had said, "And I know that we won today. <laughs> <laughs> had a great game. He probably loved the safety zone videos. Let's be honest.
0: Coming up, who gets today's rising shout out? Maybe it's Heather said BYU women's volleyball coach. They continue to win. 24-4. and 4. She joins us next. Does she know much about Pepperdine? we got the scouting report next. You better believe she does. She's ready right now, Spencer. I know. I know.
1: Everywhere. Tonight, the men's basketball team plays UCLA in the Maui Invitational. Pre-game starts on BYU Radio at 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific. Excited for this one. The first of three games in three days.
0: Joining us now, our next guest. Technically, it is our fifth guest of the day, right, Jerem?
1: seventh with Jackson.
0: Oh, that's right. With (laughs) Elder Jackson McChesney. Jackson, well, that was four, five, six, six. There's a lot, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot happening on the show today. Uh, Heather Olmstead, the head coach of BYU Women's Volleyball, has her team again in the national rankings. It feels like you've been ranked for like 25 years straight. It's over 100 Um, weeks in a row. It's it's an incredible mark. 24-4 and after another dominant performance over Gonzaga. Congratulations first and foremost. Thank
6: you. Appreciate it.
0: Okay, so uh, Jerem and I established a new geography last week when we officially dubbed Mary Lake, the sixth great lake of America. Are you cool with this? Uh, absolutely cool with it. Love it. <laughs> Roll with
6: it. There was
1: a moment in the Gonzaga match um, where she made three spectacular plays in a row, both resulting in points. And the crowd rose up, and it felt like they were they were standing up to just honor her career. Yeah. It's kind of a cool moment. It was
6: incredible. The whole day, Saturday, it felt very special. It felt like people came to see some of our seniors, knowing tomorrow's senior night. Uh, We talked about it after, just how cool the crowd was, how loud they were, how involved they were, and I I agree. I think they were just excited. They were giving us energy. We were struggling a little bit and turned the corner, and that was a big part of it was that play and that energy that the crowd gave us.
1: How often does that happen where if the gym was empty – it might be a different result, but because it's in, one, your gym, and, two, the great crowd, which this is the second most attended season ever to last year, that you are better than you would be.
6: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a big deal. It happens at home and on the road. and But I think one of the great things about our team is that we take our energy with us wherever we go, and that's why – Mary's so special. She's the energy bus for us, and she's able to have her great energy, and that kind of seeps into all the other players wherever we go, home and away.
1: Is she always the same, like, consistent energy, or does she have days where you're like, oh, something's up?
6: Yeah, no, she's pretty solid, and uh, she's loves volleyball. She loves school. She loves life, and she's just a great... Young woman, so it 's
0: pretty pretty consistent with Mary Lake.
1: we need her to show up on the show sometimes in the summer when our energy is <laughs> a little. We could use someone like yes, awesome. please
0: pick it up let 's talk about the, the seniors, um, and we 've already mentioned Mary Lake, but her one of her best friends is McKenna Miller, and uh, she 's gone through some serious adversity and has really put together a nice season this year.
6: yeah, just talking with about McKenna and mary their their relationship is one of the most unique special relationships i 've ever been able to be around. the way that they are best friends and play off each other feed off each other and have for four years since they were little kids and met at camp it's pretty special i I feel blessed that i get to be around them every day and for the past four years and see the way that they interact with the teammates with each other and what mckenna's done this year and in her whole career but specifically this past year to come back from that injury with all the determination she had to be back and help this team this year i mean i can't say enough about mckenna and her her grit and what she did and is doing this year
1: when did they first show up at camp together
6: Gosh, they were sophomores, freshmen. They had pictures of it. They're so yeah. cute. It was so funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> They're just the cutest little
6: volleyballers, and they were, it was just awesome. And I think, you know, Mary maybe committed before McKenna did, and McKenna did, and they've been best friends ever since. So it's pretty cool. Uh, Relationship they have going on. A
1: seven or eight year run, then.
6: Yeah. That's pretty cool. They'll be friends for the rest of their Forever. lives. Yeah. It's yeah.
1: pretty cool. That's amazing. The other two seniors, let's talk about them. Because it takes a uh, village to yeah. to win, right? County Moyai and Riley Lyman have played critical roles.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Riley and Key are are total team players, they come in every day. They work hard. They do their job. I'm just grateful I had the chance to coach them. Key's been here for five years. She's a fifth-year senior. She's just the ultimate team player, always doing whatever is asked of her. She's just so sweet. She supports her teammates. And Riley coming and joining us two years ago from Snow College, willing to do whatever the team needs her to do. They're both just great parts of our our senior leadership that we got going on this year, led by Mary McKenna.
0: Yeah, I feel like Keani is delivering some incredibly – pressure-packed serve for an ace at the most critical moments. Yeah. Like, I've, we've we've called quite a few Absolutely. of those.
1: And, and Riley is interesting, too. A JC transfer that was an outside hitter and pretty good. And she comes and she's a passer on this team. Sometimes uh it's different than what you think but to be a part of a great team you need players like that yeah
6: absolutely I mean we've got a bunch of girls that are bought into their roles and how this team's going to be great and everyone's ready for their moment and their opportunity to step up and Riley and Key have done that and obviously McKenna and Mary have filled some very critical roles for us the past four years and getting a bunch of kills McKenna and digs and passes from Mary and, and both great two of our best servers on our team
0: this year now, I set you up as the expert on Pepperdine volleyball, because you're focused on them, focusing yeah. on beating the Waves and getting to win number 25. What concerns you the most about the Waves who come in uh, on a match that ESPNU and, and a couple of legends are going to call Yeah,
6: I love this match against Pepperdine tomorrow. I think it's just a great way to end our regular season. They're, they're on a roll. They're playing well. They're kind of on this uh, bubble area of, uh, are they going to make the tournament or not? And that's good for us, because mm-hmm. we need teams coming in, playing their best, and, and playing for something. And so, I'm excited about the opportunity. They, they're good serving team excited our passers get to step up and 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 take some tough serves in our gym and I think offensively they've got some weapons they've got a big right side and they're just they're settling down they're playing well and I think it's a great matchup for us so really excited about the opportunity to see how we match up against Pepperdine tomorrow
1: and it's senior night so it's a little more emotional like we've been talking about and kind of unique in that it's on a Tuesday (laughs) night and Thanksgiving is Thursday and then you're gonna wait till selection Sunday so I guess it's kind of a weird setup for this one, too, right? It's awesome.
6: We hope everybody comes out to celebrate the seniors tomorrow and, and, and just give them a lot of love. And, and Riley, Key, McKenna, and Mary, they deserve it. So, again, I thought Saturday was you know kind of leading up to, to Tuesday where I think people are excited to get their last look that we know of right now at home. This Hopefully start, not. But this maybe. is our last match yeah. that, that's yeah. scheduled on our, our yeah. schedule to play at home, and we're going to make the most of it, and we're going to celebrate those kids. But we're going to be able to – to, to move past that once we celebrate them and, and focus on Pepperdine. And we just want to finish strong. We want to play well. We're playing well. I liked our weekend last weekend against Portland and Gonzaga, so I think we're doing good things, and we just want to continue that growth.
0: We may have overlooked uh, the most important item here, and that is that Whitney Bauer can now vote. She, she is. A, she's an adult. Yesterday. She's not. Yes. 17. Happy birthday, Whitney Bauer. <laughs> Happy birthday, Whitney <yesterday>. Bauer. <laughs> <yesterday. laughs> awesome. yes, That's good news. That's Heather, great. let's give some BYU Sports Nation yes, cover for I'll the match against
1: Pepperdine. Good luck, Thank and you. then we'll talk to you next week after yes. Selection Sunday.
0: Thank you guys. Thanks okay. for having us. Awesome.
1: All right. Okay. Coming up, did our going for two picks go better than BYU and
0: Amherst? And, uh, Jeremy, you know what? I I probably got to go. I got to host Coordinator's Corner yeah. in like seven minutes, so I'm just I'm just I, gonna go. I can hold it
1: down. All right. I'll hold it down. See you later, man. Okay. Bye. Uh, yeah, he's off. Uh, I'll miss your musk, by the way. It smells especially nice today. Uh, by the way, I'm still ahead and going for two. It's coming up after the break. Heather, you can stay if you want. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Solo, a BYUSN story. Uh, I'm Jerem Jordan. Uh, Spencer Linton getting ready to host uh, Coordinator's Corner coming up at the top of the hour. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, we're on demand on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Well, he's made his way down hall, uh, down the hall, but let's recap how going for two picks went. Can you predict
0: the future? Yes. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Let's start with the good news. Spencer's pick. Pick one. BYU will cover winning by 40 plus. Mm. Nope. It was 32. You can thank the third and fourth stringers for that. Glad Kalani got my message. And pick two. Uh, BYU will have zero turnovers. Mm. You had a fumble on a power turn. It was Gunnar Romney. And it was one of the few bad things that happened in the game. Whatever. My pick one. BYU won't score 52+. plus. I thought BYU would pull off the pedal even more. Nope, they got to 56. That was awesome. And pick two. The Cougars will turn it over. The one turnover. I thought the BYU would turn it over in this game. And so I'm the only one that got a point. So the updated scoreboard looks like this. 12-7. to I'm in the lead. I'm up five with two games to go. I'm up five with two games to go, which means I just won. Right? I won. You can get a max of four. I just won. I won. Hey, Spencer! Someone tell him. He's down the hall. I just won going for two. I did literally did not realize it until this moment, which is fantastic. Our question of the day. What was your favorite BYU sports moment of the weekend? Uh, at Ram541977 7 7 on Twitter. Cross-country natty, baby. If you missed it, earlier we talked with uh, Ed Eyestone and Connor Mance and Jacob Heslington and... Brandon Garnica from the men's cross country team. Congratulations to those guys. And I want you to know that the women's cross country team taking second was a tremendous event as well. Congratulations to that program, which has just become dynamite the last couple of years. At Laser Sheep, cross country winning the natty. Not a single team can smack talk at that point. Ultimate scoreboard moment. And it was on a great day in case you missed it. Women's soccer in the Elite Eight. Women's volleyball beating Gonzaga. Men's uh, or football. Uh, There's no women's football team quite yet at BYU. Football beating UMass. And, of course, the men's soccer team winning a national championship on the club scene as well. So congratulations to everybody on Saturday. It was good. Uh, Swim and diving breaking records. It was pretty cool. The Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Grizzfather on Twitter. Celebrating my birthday Saturday. Happy birthday to Russ on what's probably the best single day in BYU sports history. And he talks about the... Uh, The ones I just went through. Seriously, most awesome birthday I've ever had. Today's rise and shout out. For me, it goes to, in particular, the women's athletes and coaches and teams at BYU. The men's teams are amazing. The women's have really brought it this year, the women's teams. West Coast Conference uh, champs and, and second in the NCAA, women's volleyball, women's soccer, and so on. So good. Keep it going, ladies. You're the best. Thanks to today's guest Ed Istone and members of his team, had their homestead Jackson Mcchesney as well. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Conversation continues twenty four seven on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag BYUsend. Shout out to Josh Rohatinsky. Stay tuned. Coordinators Corner coming up after the break with Spencer Linton.